Are you a healthcare organization struggling to achieve success? What if I told you that success not only depends on strategy, but also on the right mindset? At the Mindset Gap, their team of seasoned consultants understand the critical role mindset plays in achieving organizational excellence by empowering your workforce to think innovatively, embrace change, and adapt to new challenges. So imagine your workplace, one where your employees and patients thrive, where creativity and productivity go hand in hand, and where obstacles become opportunities. Don't let your organization fall into the mindset gap. Take the first step towards unlocking your potential today and email assist at themindsetgap.com with the referral code GENCAN20 to schedule a consultation. Welcome to the Healthcare Provider Happy Hour. This is a safe space where we invite healthcare providers to unapologetically be themselves after the working day. My name is Jennifer George, and each week I will connect you with guests and stories that will help transform your stress to success and fulfillment. Are you with me? Grab your drink of choice and let's chat. Hey everyone, welcome to the Healthcare Provider Happy Hour. I'm your host, Jennifer George, and I'm joining you today to chat with you a little bit about a few things that you can do to minimize patient complaints and improve the overall experience right now where you're at. Just a few things for you to consider. Okay, so first and foremost, transparency. This is especially important when it comes to one of the biggest complaints is uh, wait times among patients. And I don't know if you've listened to my podcast. It was published on March 30th, I believe, of this year with Barbara Kazam. And she's a customer service investigator. And what she does is she basically helps healthcare organizations to improve the patient experience and deal with challenging situations. And one of the things I remember her saying was that wait times was the number one complaint among patients. So it's not necessarily around the wait time itself, but rather the expectation around the wait time and knowing that there is a wait time to begin with. And perhaps the reason why um, that sometimes helps patients to feel more assured, it helps to put their mind at ease. Um, You know, it saves them from the frustration of having an expectation that you're going to see them right at their time at their scheduled time. So maybe just, you know, saying that there may be like a 15 minute wait or whatever it might be, but just giving them an idea of what to expect, I think is important. So not even around the wait times themselves, but even also around the time uh, that you have for their session. So you could say as well, um, that we have like 15 minutes, Um, I'd like to address, you know, what's what's important to you, what matters to you, and kind of go from there. 
So I think that's also helpful too. I know for me, day to day, I see patients on an inpatient unit. So I try to see them before, like, so at the beginning of the day, I'll try to see them beforehand. Once I have an idea of what, what might be best for the schedule, I'll, I'll go chat with them. And I'll say, you know, if I have to make adjustments, I'll say, you know, we'll have this much time together. um, And I'll ask for their permission in doing so. And for the most part, it's usually pretty good. I think it's better to do that than to do it at the time. Because again, there's an expectation there. And then if you're doing it all at once, and you're kind of just doing it on the spot and surprising them, I think that can be taken a little bit less well received than if they had a little bit more time to prepare. Okay, Um, so something that I've learned over the years is to do that and to do things more on the front end and allow patients more time to understand and maybe modify their expectations as a result. And that usually works out pretty good. Second, kind of goes in line with this, is looking at quality over quantity. Okay, so it's not the quantity of care that matters because at the end of the day, if you have a practitioner who isn't present, who isn't allowing um, you know time for patients to ask questions and express what matters to them, share a bit about themselves, process information, whatever it might be, then I mean you're st- you could still be falling short, in my opinion. So uh, quality over quantity of time. So again, being transparent at the beginning. So sometimes I will say to my patient, you know, we have this much time today, because there there is an expectation where I work among patients that, you know, and it's through word of mouth, that everybody gets this amount of time, irregardless, and, and this is how it is. So I try my best to gently you know, change, not change, but uh, modify that expectation, because some days it's not that it's not what they expect. Some days it's going to be this. And then I try my best to make it the best quality possible. And I and I usually will say that, um, as that change is, is being expressed and shared. So quality over quantity. So for me, quality really um, entails being present with your patient, right? So they know that you, um, your attention is on them and not on somebody else or not on your next patient or not on your documentation that you're present, you're acknowledging them by their preferred name, you're allowing them time to ask questions. I always at the end of a session will ask a patient if they have any questions, um, if, if they haven't, you know, asked any questions during. Um, And also, allowing patients time to process the information that they're being received, or any testing that you're recommending, whatever it might be referrals, allowing them the time to process and ask questions again around that as well. So quality over quantity is is big. The third thing I would suggest is empowering and engaging patients. So remember, patients won't say this, but ultimately, and this shows in the research is that patients want to feel listened to, right? They, they don't want to just feel listened to, they want to be listened to, they want to be heard, they want to be seen, they want to be validated, they want to be understood, okay, or at least understanding of what's going on. So that's part of the empowerment piece as well. Um, but it's also part of the engaging piece, okay, they want to know that not only are do they have to be engaged, but you are too. And that's kind of how empowerment works. It's a it's to me, it's a mutual reciprocation of understanding each other's role in the therapeutic relationship, and then engaging patients and meeting them where they're at, so that they can be an active participant, make care decisions for their for their health and well being and and offering that to them, and also kind of opening the lines of communication around that. And finally, being clear 
So being clear, what I mean by this, it kind of goes in line with transparency, but being clear is also kind of updating patients. So if there's a change in a patient's status, uh, for example, so updating them, or if there was a change in, um, you know, diagnostic testing, or a follow up time was rescheduled, or the, the physician changed, you know, things like that would, you know, help patients to better navigate and to make the experience a little smoother than it might might currently be or if they're caught off guard by something. So always updating about any changes in schedule and providers and referrals, whatever it might be, just letting them know on the forefront that, hey, this is what's going on. And if it's not for them, um, it's the family too, right? So updating caregivers, updating family members on a change in patient status as well is, is helpful. And those are the main four things I think that if you can consider going in to a rapport with, I think that you will start off on the right foot. And remember that the therapeutic rapport and the patient experience is a journey. It's a journey from the time they start their their the entry into the healthcare system to the time the transition out of it. And at the end of the day, do we ever really stop our healthcare? I don't think we really do. It just kind of changes, right? It's a part of the journey. We just do it in different ways. Um, we just take different paths, whatever it might be. It's all part of healthcare overall. And I think empowering the patient journey in that way is is so critical, especially right now, because we all have such a big part to play in the well-being of our communities and in the well-being of our global, um, you know, our global systems. So if you have any questions around this, don't hesitate to reach out to me on Instagram. My handle's at Best Obsessed with Jen. And you could always uh, look up my book, which is Communication is Care, Nine Empowering Strategies to Guide Patient Healing. It's all about how to best communicate with patients to create these empowering experiences for them and help them heal and recover, uh, not only just physically, but also through rapport and connection. Okay. And please, if you have time, if you have a moment, um, don't hesitate to leave a review or drop a review on iTunes podcast. It really means the world to me when I get a review and I'm able to review it and, and see what people like or what they suggest. So that would be great of you to do as well. Um, and until we chat next time, remember to stay well and to stay happy. So if you guys like this podcast, please subscribe and leave an honest review. Your feedback means everything to me. Your reviews are what moves this podcast forward, and I always appreciate receiving them. If you want to get a hold of me directly, reach out to me on social media. My handles are in the show notes, and you can always subscribe to my weekly newsletters at jenniferGeorge.co so that we can stay connected. So until next time, thank you guys so much again for your ongoing support.